Welcome to the Canola Watch podcast. My name is Jay Wetter. This podcast will provide a few key tips for canola plant establishment and how to improve the survival rate of canola seed. The ideal is to have five to eight plants per square foot emerging all at the same time and with good vigor. And this podcast will explain how to get there. Recordings for this podcast are from a Canola Watch webinar from April 13th. Because this was recorded as a webinar, presenters may refer to slides that you obviously can't see in the podcast. I've removed some of the more complicated references. To see the slides and the full recording, please go to youtube.com slash canola council and look for Make Every Plant Count, Practical Tips to Maximize Your Plant Stand. We have three presenters, Chris Cherowick, Rob McDonald, and Jason Castleman. We start with Chris Cherowick, agronomist with Vatterstad Industries. He supports sales and marketing and product development departments from a crop performance standpoint. Here's Chris. So what we're going to talk about is uh, five different topics uh, relating to equipment. We're going to discuss seed of fertilizer placement, seed to soil contact, the evenness of plant spacing relating to proper seeding rate, seed depth consistency, and also soil warm-up. So when we talk about uh, seed to fertilizer, fertilizer placement, uh, we're really wanting to emphasize two of the uh, planks in the 4R nutrient placement, and that is the right place and the right rate. So when we talk about the right place, you know, we want to, we want to have that fertilizer positioned where it's you know, close, safe, and consistent at fertilizer placement relative to the location of the seed. And so the, the agronomic benefits of that quick uh, plant establishment are well known. You know, being able to get that crop out of the ground to uh, better compete against weeds and better to compete against, uh, of course, flea beetles as well too. So when we talk about, uh, when we talk about placement, we, re- we really wanna talk about, you know, return on investment. So seed to soil contact is is also a very important one that I don't think gets enough enough conversation. And uh, when you're putting the seed into the soil, it has to be placed in good soil tilth to be able to access that uh, that moisture and that nutrients. If you place the seed in uh, clumpy, blocky and hard soil that uh, with with a lot of uh, space around it, that nutrient and moisture access isn't going to happen, and that seed is, for lack of a better term, going to sit there. So when you have when you have that good soil tilth uh, sitting around the seed, then you have that quick nutrient and moisture access, and you also have uh, that good root expansion that that uh, is required for those uh, for that plant to be able to grow and get out of the soil quickly. One thing I'll touch on real quickly from an equipment perspective is uh, the Seedhawk ISB knives do a really good job of this in that instead of shooting, shooting the seed straight down, it shoots the seed sideways into that undisturbed soil. So you have that, uh, you have that good soil tilt that the seed gets into, but another benefit is also that seed doesn't have any seed bounce because going back to where that seed is shooting straight down, it can bounce a little bit around in the seed trench. Whereas when you're shooting it into uh, cushioned soil, it's almost like a baseball hitting up or landing on a pillow instead of a piece of plywood. So we're going to talk about uh, evenness of plant spacing and also how that relates to proper seeding rate as well too. So when you see the picture on the right side of your screen, in the background, you see a crop that was seeded with a competitor drill. And in the uh, foreground, you see a crop that was seeded with the planter. And you'll notice the difference in, uh, in plant spacing, just how much more consistent it is with that singulation. 
when we have the evenness of plant spacing, what we're really trying to achieve is, uh, is each plant coming out of the ground and being able to achieve its full, of, full potential. And that means eliminating what I like to call dud plants. Uh, Murray Hartman from, uh, from Alberta Agriculture uh, talked about a couple of years ago how plants that, are, that have a, have a uh, stem diameter of a quarter inch or less produce little to no yields. And you see that in the fields when you go in, uh, not only at that two to four leaf stage, but especially even at, like during uh, swathing or after harvest, where you have stems that are, <clears throat> that are spaced very close together and they're very spindly and uh, really don't have any pods in them, if at all. Whereas, you know, plants that are spaced more evenly together, you know, they're able to produce a robust plant with a lot of pods and actually give you something for yield. And this is especially important where, you know, we talked in the last a couple of slides ago about, uh, you know, that return on investment of fertilizer, where, you know, if you have these plants that are spaced close together, they're taking up that, that, that fertilizer and they're taking up that moisture, but they're not giving you anything for yields. So that return on investment with your fertilizer is greatly diminished. And especially with this last couple of years, we've seen with, uh, with moisture levels, being as low as they are, you really want to be able to utilize all that moisture to its uh, full potential. So we talk about uh, you know seeding depth. We want to make sure that each of those seeds is sitting at the same depth. And uh, of course, you know when you go into you have different terrain, but also in a field, you know you can have uh, you know you have rocks, you have lumpy soil, you have residue. All of these things can affect uh, seeding depth, whether it's with a drill or it's with a planter. So. You know, you really want to make sure that that uh, that the depth stays consistent. And when we talk about uh, evenness of uh, depth, we also need to talk about uh, the even the uh, moisture uh, depth in a field, because we especially when we saw last year and the last few years, actually, that moisture depth uh, across a field can vary greatly. Last things I want to talk about is uh, soil temperature. And I know we've obviously seen uh, a lot of growers get into seeding a little bit earlier. But uh, when, you have, when you have that cooler soil, you know, the, the cooler the soil, the longer that seed is going to sit in, uh, sit in the soil and be subject to you know, things like, uh, like root uh, diseases and such. And then also the longer it takes to germinate, the more susceptible it's going to be to weed competition. So we wanna make sure that soil is gonna be as, as warm as possible and uh, making sure that that, uh, that that seed row is, is clear of residues. That pretty much does it for, uh, for my presentation now. Thanks, Chris. And now for Rob McDonald, Agronomic Excellence Manager for BASF Canada. His areas of expertise include canola agronomy and plant competition studies. Here's Rob. You know, when we're talking about making every plant count and maximizing canola plant stand, I think it's super important that we talk about, well, what exactly are we targeting? Uh, maximizing a canola plant stand does not mean getting as many plants in the field as possible. You know, there was a time when a grower was just thrilled when this canola was, we used to say, thicker than the hair in a dog's back. Well, that's just not the case anymore. Uh, what our research has shown and experience is that we can target a specific population for uh, hybrid canola in particular. Uh, to maximize performance and consistency, to get the most out of the genetics that are on the market today. The common thought in the past was that because canola is so plastic, it didn't really matter what type of plant stand uh, you ended up with. In fact, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the more plants, the better. Well, in fact, 
there is a more ideal plant structure uh, for the field. What I like to see in an ideal canola plant population is two, three stems per plant. So you get uh, a main raceme supported by very strong secondary, secondary stems. We can have too high a plant population leading to significant mortality. We can go with extremely low plant populations they, and they can be successful in, in, in certain years, but there's certain downsides to having a very low uh, population. As I mentioned, multiple tillering, uh, uh, sorry, multiple stems. Uh, and the consequence of that is extended maturity. So if you're in an area that's prone to frost risk, as, as, an, as an example, this can really uh, be a, a significant risk factor to your production season. So having too low a plant population can produce a strong, uh, a strong stand, but the downside is you can really drag out the maturity. Another aspect makes timing of uh, fungicides more challenging because you have very extended, you can have a very extended floral window. Another challenge with targeting, again, too low a plant population. Uh, is creates real challenges with with weed control. Just relying on uh, you know the extensive growth of lateral stems to to get ground cover can lead to weed escapes. And uh, you know with the challenges we have today with resistant populations, we need all the help we can get uh, for for managing weed populations. And canola at a correct target stand is a very strong competitor and can really be a contributor to effective weed control. The, uh, another impact, and we, we particularly saw it in the, this past, past season with the very hot, dry conditions we experienced in much of the prairies is that we can see an impact of having too high a population on the ability to handle uh, drought. And uh, where we have very high stem counts, very thin plants, not very well developed root systems, much more susceptible to, uh, to, to drought stress. So what has the research shown to date? Well, the research shown very clearly to date that uh, growers in Western Canada should be targeting somewhere between five to seven plants uh, per square foot. This really represents a, an optimum uh, population and, uh, and, and a range is an, is, is a, an appropriate way to, to target a population. Not, you're not necessarily trying to target 4.5 or 5.5, but you know, anywhere between five to seven plants is a good target to uh, for establishing a strong canola plant stand. Now recognize it's gonna take more than five to seven seeds to establish that plant stand. Currently, uh, we see uh, in our trials across Western Canada, approximately 65% uh, establishment rate. So it takes about 10 seeds per square foot to achieve this target population on average. And uh, that's, that's where we see all the benefits I talked about earlier in terms of, of um, uh, acceptable ma maturity, uh, good standability. And uh, the other aspect is this is where we see our best yield response as well. Our findings from our own research uh, are well supported by uh, research in peer-reviewed articles. Uh, this particular meta-analysis put together by Murray Hartman a couple of years ago. And... Uh, it really highlighted that uh, plant densities above roughly uh, 40 plants per meter squared produce 90% of, of the yield. And you see between 90 and 95% is basically 40 to 70 plants per meter squared, which is very close to this uh, five to seven plants per square foot 
that uh, that that we advocate as a uh, ideal target plant population. So we've got very good agreement with uh, data from our own trials and with the data that's been published in uh, peer-reviewed articles over the years. You know, as far as uh, maximizing uh, your plant stand, know what you're after. Uh, count your uh, count your stand understand what your emergence is, and then target your seeding rate based on that experience. Thanks, Rob. Our final presenter is Jason Castleman, agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada and team lead on precision agriculture, plant establishment, and profitability. Jason leads off talking about the Canola Council of Canada's agronomy priorities, including the one relevant to this presentation, which is to target a uniform canola stand of five to eight plants per square foot. Here's Jason. Canola Council of Canada research found that stands of five to six plants per square foot yielded about five bushels per acre more than stands that averaged two to three plants per square foot. Meta-analysis conclusion was that canola farmers seeking to maximize returns should target populations greater than five plants per square foot, and the plant populations lower than this will almost always have yield loss. Since canola plants in a low population density grow larger and branch more, they tend to mature later. And those secondary branches account for up to 80% of the yield for canola crops with only two plants per square foot. Those plants will have a wide range of maturity creating yield and quality losses and simply due to the inability of time to align with all plants and harvest limitations. Those extra branching in very thin stands can delay seed maturity up to 21 days depending on environmental conditions. CanolaCounts.ca is an online crowdsourcing tool to help growers, agronomists, and crop scopes drive the adoption of plant establishment assessments while tracking progress towards the canola industry production goals. Agronomy recommendations are often based on probabilities, what practice is most likely to achieve the desired outcome. This is important to note because canola crops with a thin stem can yield fairly well in certain circumstances. Canola is often called a flexible or plastic crop because individual plants can adjust the number of size of branches and pods they produce in response to additional moisture, light, and nutrients. As a result, canola is a famous ability to compensate for a bad start as long as it does get that long season and clear sailing along the way. The challenge with a thin stand is that those plants will be bigger and with more yield coming from those side branches and more time for that crop to be harvest ready. That lower seeding rate or lower emergence percentages Canola fields can also be patchy, and this will further reduce yield potential and increase management challenge. And a crop with bald patches and plants with different pruning stages is a big challenge to optimize for spraying and harvest timing. So uniformity across the field will lead to consistent canola growth stage timing and will help with planning and executing field operations like pesticide applications and harvest. By taking regular plant counts, growers and agronomists can identify challenges and implement changes such as optimizing seeding rates and speeds to achieve that uniform five-day plants per square foot in future seasons. For remote counting, the Canola Council ran a Canola Counts Citizen Science Program in 2021. Reflective of the challenging spring for some farms, emergence percentages ranged from below 20% to over 90%. Yet while emergence rate was low to average, most fields had a stand of that five-day plants per square foot. Canola Council will run that Canola Counts program again this spring. And please go to canolacounts.ca enter your counts. While seeding, growers need to monitor field conditions and check seeding performance at soil conditions as soil conditions change from field to field or in different areas in the same field. Prepare to adjust that seeding equipment to achieve the end goal of a competitive high yielding crop. 
Phosphorus fertilizer should be side banded when high rates are needed. This can be done with a combination of seed roll placement at safe rates and a side band or spring band placement, as it is better to apply phosphate fertilizer in the soil at a time when crop can access it early in its growth cycle. This is a conclusion from Jessica Pratchler and Stuart Brandt's Enhancing Canola Production with Improved Phosphorus Fertilizer Management Study. The Pratchler study also found that foliar phosphorus applications are not a good alternative to seed placed applications unless the field is known to be highly deficient in that less than 10 plant parts per million of phosphorus in the toxic centers of soil and no other applications are made. Patrick Mulecki's study of reducing toxicity of seed place fertilizer in canola found that damage from seed place phosphorus can be reduced by increasing the width of single shoot openers from one inch to four inch and using a narrower row spacing, nine inches instead of 12 inches, which increases seabed utilization. With the ever-increasing yield potential of newer canola hybrids, phosphate nutrition in this crop is crucial to ensure that yield potential is optimized. Researchers Jessica Bratchler and Stuart Brandt from the Northeast Agricultural Research Foundation found that predicting the degree of damage caused by seed place fertilizer is very difficult as it is influenced by other factors such as soil texture, soil organic matter, and moisture. And since these factors vary considerably across most fields, damage can be quite variable across the various landscape positions. Furthermore, even adding a small amount of ammonium sulfate to phosphorus in the seed row can increase damage to seeds and reduce canola emergence. Therefore, this practice should be discouraged. Seed row placement is best for the first 15 to 20 pounds per acre of phosphate as it may improve emergence and seedling vigor on deficient or cool soils where available, availability is reduced. Time counts help quantify the success of canola stand establishment in a given field. Multiple counts average across the field will give an average plant density for that field, which can be compared to the target plant density and emergence percentage. The average number or percentage of seedings that have grown out of the number of plants seeded this spring. Understanding that each field's plant density and emergence percentage, the average number of seedings that have grown out of the number of seeds planted this spring will help management decisions in that field that season and will identify areas for improvement for future seasons. Enter plant counts from your canola field at canolacounts.ca, the crowdsource survey. If emergence is patchy, dig up those parts of those seed rows to look for non-germinated or non-emerged seeds and plan to return and reassess. Monitoring fields should start 10 days after seeding and if conditions are good, 15 days if conditions are cool. If plant stand is lower than expected for the given seeding rate, seeding size, and estimated seeding survival, check equipment settings seed characteristics, and field conditions to identify why ideal plant population is not achieved. The cause or causes may relate to the seeding operation, such as inconsistent depth, excessive fertilizer placement, seed or mechanical issues, and frost or wind or flooding, insects or disease or herbicide residue also being factors. When stands are spotty and thin, careful management is required to preserve the surviving plants. More conservative thresholds may be warranted for insects, weeds, and diseases. With the presentations complete, the webinar moved on to questions from the audience, and I've included a few of them here on the podcast. All right, we'll go through this in order. So John asked a question, this is for Chris. Discuss the impact of high rates of nitrogen in a side band impacting germination rates and access to P uh, co-banded with the nitrogen. Uh, so high rates of nitrogen in a side band and how that may impact germination rates 
especially when you've got the phosphorus in there in a coban with the nitrogen. Do you want to comment on that, Chris? Yeah, you betcha. That's a really good question. And uh, so obviously, like we talked about earlier, we want to we want to try and make sure that all of those plants germinate and grow and uh, get the survivability as high as possible. So one thing I will comment on is uh, is having that ability to adjust fertilizer rates depending on your soil conditions, because you can have you can have these high rates of nitrogen. But if you don't have if you don't have the moisture, which is your biggest yield limiting factor, you're not going to achieve those high yields anyways so if you have those uh, if you have those dry conditions then you should dial back your fertilizer rates uh, accordingly and uh, one thing that uh, I'll also talk about is uh, you can also you can also place uh, pea in the seed knife but then you also want to use your discretion as well too especially you know with a uh, when you have your seed hawk openers that have that narrow narrow roast bit or narrower narrow opener, I guess, if you want to call it that, you can you can use a little bit of uh, pea for a starter, but uh, that'll also depend on your conditions too. If it's dry, you might want to hold off on uh, on that. And what I will advise guys to do is to, uh, you know, when you look at the provincial recommendations for uh, for fertilizer rates, especially, you know, seed placed uh, FOSS, uh, you'll, that, that uh, recommendation was made, I believe, at uh, one inch, um, one inch spread at uh, 10 inches of row spacing. So you'll want to adjust your uh, rates up based on your uh, seedbed utilization. If you're going with a seed hawk at, uh, you know, 5% at 12 inch spacing with an ISB knife and 6% at uh, 10 inch spacing. So hopefully that covers that question. Yeah, that seedbed utilization is an important consideration, but I, I wanna dig, I'm gonna go to Jason with this, but it's a part B to that question. The recommendation is say 20 pounds per acre of P205 in the seed row and Chris you said you maybe could should dial it back if it's dry conditions Jason would would you have a, a specific number on on how much to dial it back yeah for sure there, there's definitely um you know an opportunity for for growers to limit the amount of um, fertilizer damage so there's fertilizer damage comes from from two areas either from the salt or from the ammonia toxicity and in a dry condition there concentration of those salts is not going to be as as diluted as it is if there is some some higher moisture conditions and so those recommendations of that uh, you know and and the 15 to 20 pounds is uh, is is a, is a conservative enough number i think you know we can get it um you know some some of the provincial recommendations might go as high as 25 pounds of actual phosphorus and uh, so under under less than ideal conditions the amount of risk that um, that individual grower is willing to to take, and uh, there's you know if you if there is an opportunity of splitting out that phosphorus and getting it away from the seed row, the um, after after anything more than that that first fifteen pounds is is probably the best way to do it. So uh, is there a is there a, a hard number of saying what how much to dial it back based on how dry conditions are? Uh, not uh, there, you know, the drier it is, the the more potential for for or the more risk, and uh, so the the least risk averse grower uh, is is probably going to be quite limited on the amount of fertilizer that he wants to place in that seed row. Rob, do you have a comment on that? Uh, I think it's particularly important this year. Uh, particularly after some relatively low yielding fields last year to do get out there and soil test in that zone. Uh, 
my expectation is there's lots of foss in, in that layer. I don't think we need a pile with the seed this year. Uh, why smoke some seed when uh, there's likely a lot more there than in previous seasons, just based on a lot less extraction last year. So I think that's important to keep that in mind. Okay, good. Thanks, Rob. Keep your mic on because the next one's for you. Can you just discuss the impact of plant uniformity versus the overall plant population? You bet. Uh, you know, we're always talking about averages and uh, it doesn't do you much good to have two plants per square foot in one part of the field and, and eight in the other. And guess what? You got an average of five. It's mission accomplished. Uh, you know, uniformity is extremely important uh, for the timing of all, all your operations. And, uh, you know, I'll just talk about uniformity a little bit. We didn't talk too much about seed depth and residue management uh, in, in the webinar. So I'll just touch on that because I think it's, it's, it's highly relevant. The one thing that often doesn't get discussed and I hate to say it, it's already too late for this season, but you know, good seeding starts at harvest. Uh, the number one thing you can do to uh, improve your canola plant stand is do a good job chopping your straw and distributing it because everything else is a band-aid for addressing inadequate residue management. That's where dividends are paid. So chop that straw, uh, spread it. Uh, it's, it's, it's really some of the best money you can spend on the farm because everything else is a band-aid to address that. Dealing with heavy chaff row, this, these are real uh, contributors to mortality, uh, to disease, to uh, reduce plant stand. So uh, just, you know, I know it's a little bit late to discuss that now, but I, I, I just wanted to highlight that. Second is uh, particularly for no-till and um, uh, min-till guys is, uh, again, dealing with residue. Little value, like, you know, um, there was a time we always talked about shallow seeding. I first started growing canola. If we didn't have seed on the surface, you had a problem. Uh, it was too deep. Stranding seed in residue is not a recipe for successful stand establishment. You got to get it below the residue layer and everybody's got a residue layer. Don't plant seed in the residue layer. We got to get below that. You got to get below the moisture as well in, in a season like this. You got to get at least a quarter inch below the moisture line. So these are things that you can do to improve, improve your plant stand uniformly because that's, that's critical. Get your seeding rate correct and establish a uniform plant stand. And you do that by getting the seed into moisture, into soil with good, as uh, Chris talked about, good seed to soil contact. When you have good plants, plant spacing in the row, you're going to have a better survivability because you don't, you're not going to have those two plants that are competing for nutrients and for moisture. And uh, because oftentimes, you know, you go in at the cotyledon stage or even say around that two leaf stage and you see a whole bunch of plants that are sitting kind of clumped together. And then you go back towards, you go back at the end of the year and you see, you know, there is only a few of those, uh, of those plants left. When you have that good, uh, that good uniform spacing in the row, you're going to eliminate that and you're going to have that uh, uniformity that's going to allow for those plants to expand and you're going to have as i said that better uh, survivability of especially well singulation is definitely the the best way of metering seeds there's there's no question about that before we leave this topic of uniformity i want to pick up on something chris said and and it's just about the what is uniformity and i think the key is you know, let's have the, try to have about the same number of plants per square foot across the field. 
there's lots of plant, lots of drills and, and seeding tools across the prairies that are not planters, but I think can do a very good job of, of plant establishment, um, even if they're not getting that that precise one and a half inch, two inch, whatever uh, spacing down the row. So, Rob, can you just comment on that, please? The the number one thing you have to avoid. We can talk about optimum plant stands and uniformly went up, but what we have to avoid is unseeded crop uh, because, you know, that is our goal is to establish crop that first and foremost. So when you're walking out, out in the field and, and you're stomping around in your size 12s, you got basically 12 inches underfoot. There better be a stock under every footprint in the field because that is just lost productivity. And when you have these blanks in the field where you have no productivity, it's actually just somewhere for a weed to grow. This is a big problem. This is one of the real challenges when you start cutting seed rate too much, because I hate to say it, but the bandaid for, uh, for, um, uh, poor stand uniformity is seed rate. That is, you just bump your seed rate and you fill in those spaces. So you want to do a good job with your, with your seeder, but if you're too low and you start having all these blanks in the field, that is just lost productivity. We don't have to talk about what an ideal population looks like. You have no population underfoot and uh that is just lot loss in productivity and what you also have is neighboring plants in those blank spaces that are now going to be much later maturing it's not going to contribute to standing uniformity so today right now you don't have to you know we're not producing picket fence uh canola out there um there's a lot of hurdles to to, to doing that i i try every year i try to produce the picket fence canola we've got planters we're testing uh, you know, pretty exhaustively still haven't made that picket fence, the crop I'd like to see, but even with existing tools, with proper maintenance set up with good seed at the right rate, you can produce an outstanding stand, but you have to avoid that unutilized crop space that I've, I was just talking about. So Chris, I'm going to go to you with this. Cause I know, so you're, you're with a company that has both planters and you've got the independent link, so the, yep. the, the more traditional style. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming you're going to tell me that they can both do a pretty good job. Well, one thing that, uh, like when we talk about the subject of drills, I mean, obviously, you know, a drill doesn't have the singulation that a planter does. However, you know, you can still optimize your, you can still optimize your plant performance by way of two things. And the first is your seed metering. I mean, you want it to be as accurate as possible. The other thing is the final placement in the soil. As I mentioned before, you know, you want that seed to get into really good soil so it has that quick, early nutrient and moisture access. And so then when you have that, you're going to have a lot less chance of uh, seedling mortality. We close the podcast with a quick recap from each presenter. All right, we're going to get 30 seconds each for a sign-off. We'll go in the order of presentation. So Chris, Rob, Jason. Okay, you betcha. So basically the, the main message that I'm uh, bringing today is precision placement for return on investment. Now, whether that's for seed or whether that's for fertilizer, if we want to maximize the amount of dollars that we're putting into these two commodities, precision placement is in the soil is the key. Uh, thanks, Chris. Rob? Uh, seeding for success. Uh, five to seven plants is a great target. Uh, 65% as a rule of thumb for uh, for average emergence equals 10 seeds per square foot. Uh, if, you, if you're doing plant counts on the farm, uh, you can fine tune that based on, on your experience. Thanks, Rob. Jason, last word. 
head over to canolaaccounts.ca, sign up for uh, uh, the opportunity to, to do some bounce in your field here this, uh, this growing season after establishment. And uh, if you're looking for, uh, for a canola accounts hoop, let uh, one of your uh, canola council agronomists know that, you're, that you need some hoops to, to count with and uh, look forward to uh, this canola growing season uh, uh, in 2022. Thanks again to today's presenters, Rob McDonald, Chris Cherwick, and Jason Castleman. And thanks to the webinar hosts, Canola Council of Canada, Sask Canola, Alberta Canola, and Manitoba Canola Growers. If you want to watch the original webinar, including the slides, please go to youtube.com slash canola council. The Canola Watch 2021-22 webinar series playlist has all six webinars, including this latest one titled Make Every Plant Count, Practical Tips to Maximize Your Plant Stand. For lots more on canola plant establishment, check out the excellent online resource at canolaencyclopedia.ca. For Canola Watch Fundamentals articles with topics on the target of 5 to 8 plants per square foot and how to increase seed survival rates, go to canolawatch.org fundamentals. While there, please sign up to receive the timely Canola Watch agronomy email updates, which are posted weekly through the growing season. This has been a Canola Watch podcast. I'm Jay Wetter. Thanks for listening.